The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by ITO Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itocoaching.com. ITO Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITO coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there is always someone available to answer your questions and to help adjust the training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you to chat about your goals and to find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. You can find them at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The agents at Blue Pineapple Travel love to help people plan their travel. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Whether you are looking for relaxation or adventure, traveling solo or with a group, inside the U.S. or abroad, they are there to match you to the trip for you. Blue Pineapple Travel will help you curate all the travel information out there to create the exact vacation that you want. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find them at www.slayrx.com. SlayRx is a sports nutrition company that makes products for athletes, team sports, and anyone that trains or works outdoors. SlayRx was founded by an endurance athlete and University of Georgia food scientist who was unhappy with the choices he was offered on course in long course triathlons. He started making his own mixes, and now you can enjoy those same mixes. SlayRx offers differing levels of electrolytes in their hydration products, and you can get them with or without calories. You can either take their online test at SlayRx.com, or you can be tested in their laboratory to determine the exact amount of liquid and electrolytes that you need to be consuming while racing. In addition to hydration products, SlayRx offers fueling products like their product Diesel, which is available with or without the optimum level of caffeine that is scientifically proven to legally enhance performance while limiting GI upset and diuretic impact. If you're looking for an alternative to gels, try SlayRx Spark Plug, a Pop Rocks-like powder that combines the same electrolytes that are in their other products, encapsulated caffeine, and quickly absorb carbohydrates. It comes in a plastic tube so it can be carried while running, and it will work to enhance and fuel your alertness, general happiness, and performance. Remember, tell them the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast sent you by using the coupon code PLEASANT2019 at checkout on the website, and you'll get 10% off of anything that you purchase there. That's www.slayrx.com and Pleasant2019. Test, don't guess with SlayerX. Thanks to all of our sponsors for helping us to bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast, brought to you by SlayRx, ITO Coaching and Performance, and Blue Pineapple Travel. This is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. We have talked to you a lot over the course of the last short while about doping scandals at Nike and about the Enios 159 Challenge, and of course, we put out the emergency podcast just a couple of days ago about uh, Elliot Kipchoge and Bridget Cosguy and their incredible performances over the course of the past few days here. Um, And we have a lot more of that sort of thing that we want to share over the course of the next month. But we decided to go in a little bit different direction uh, for the podcast this week and and just uh, share something with you that's different from what we've shared in the past. Um, We have an interview tonight with 
Lee Ragsdale. And Lee is a veteran of the Blue Ridge Relay and he's become sort of a student of the Blue Ridge Relay. Now, the Blue Ridge Relay is one of the longest running relay races in the United States. It takes place in the Blue Ridge and the Black Mountains of Virginia and North Carolina. There are teams, either 12-person or 6-person teams, that rotate through 36 different transition areas as they cover approximately 208 miles over the course of about 24 to 36 hours. Each relay team member runs three or six legs of varying lengths and difficulties. The runners rotate in a set order once the race begins, and they're obligated to follow that rotation until the final runner finishes in actual North Carolina. Um, the Brewage Relay starts in Grayson Highland State Park, Virginia. It's right near the base of Mount Rogers, which is the highest peak in Virginia, and it's right near the border of Virginia and North Carolina. Uh, the course primarily follows scenic country roads, and it winds its way through North Carolina's high country to the finish in Asheville. Uh, the course features some of the region's most spectacular scenery, according to the website of the Blue Ridge Relay, including the balds of Grayson Highlands State Park, the New River, the Blue Ridge Parkway, Grandfather Mountain, and the Toe and Cane Rivers. Um, Lee, our guest today, he's done the race several times, and as you hear him describe, um, he's made a lot of a study of it. Uh, Lee's an engineer by training um, and by profession, and he applies those same skills and habits of mind to studying and breaking down and analyzing and optimizing his approach to the Blue Ridge Relay that he does uh, in his day job. Over the last several years, it's really become a major event for him. It's actually kind of a family affair now, even his mom is involved. Um, along the way, he's learned how to best to train and how to pull the race off logistically, and so today he's going to share a bit about what's special about this race and other ones like it. Races like Hood to Coast, the Smoky Mountain Relay, stuff like that. Um, he has a lot of things that, that you should keep in mind if you want to try one. Now, full disclosure, I've known Lee for about 20 years. He and I were fraternity brothers in college, and a couple of years ago, he set out trying to recruit a lot of us who were in the fraternity at Georgia Tech together in the mid-1990s to form a six-person team, a so-called ultra team. Um, it took a couple of years, as I hear him describe here, to, uh, to get the team together, um, but we competed for the first time all together in 2018, uh, and we just finished our second Blue Ridge Relay with a slightly different lineup here in 2019. So um, he has a lot of interesting things to say. Without further ado, let's hear from Lee Ragsdale about the Blue Ridge Relay. Lee Ragsdale, welcome to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Oh, thanks, George. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> right on. Very good, very good. Uh, and you're a long-time friend of mine. I have known you since the very beginnings of my running career, as a matter of fact. It's pretty cool. It's hard to think back that long, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. So. Yeah, very good, very good. Thanks for, having, thanks for having me on. So Lee was a fraternity brother of mine in college, and so when I was, I was running and trying to be as active in the fraternity as possible, which frankly, was not all that active. Uh, uh, I used to, to see Lee a great deal, and Lee was among a group of small people inside my fraternity house that seemed to appreciate the, the sacrifices necessary to, to be a Division One athlete and, and used to always call me out and give me credit for it during uh, during different things that we, we, different events that we had. So thanks for that, Lee, you know, 25 years later. Hey, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. And I would say that I was pretty active in the fraternity and, and tried to be a small runner at times too. So uh, kind of the opposite flow, but it's still good. Well, and, and then now, now we end up together on the same Blue Ridge Relay team. So it's like our paths have converged. 
That's right. That's right. right it's pretty right cool. On. Well, on that note, let's actually kind of talk a little bit about that. So, so when did you actually start running a whole lot more? Because I know you started doing marathons and you've done some half Ironmans and stuff like that over the course of the past several years. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I ran a little bit in college, um, and, and, but didn't do much. And when I was in my twenties, I, somebody convinced me to do a marathon, uh, in 2000. So I guess I was 28 at the time. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't train well. And, um, I ran it and, uh, my wife said, you know, everybody who passed mile 20 looked like they were in pain. Uh, and you looked especially like you were in pain. I don't think you should ever do that again. I was like, uh, okay. That's not where I thought that story um, was going to go. I thought it was going to be like, everybody looks like they're in pain, and you look great. <laughs> oh, no. No, I, I made many, many mistakes in that, in that marathon workup, and, uh, and uh, it, was, it was bad. Well, the biggest mistake was I decided to change my pace strategy on the start line of the marathon, which <laughs> yeah. was a big mistake. But, but you know, you fast forward. Uh, I remember like 2012, I had just turned 40. I was kind of an okay runner in my mind, I was, I was running, I looked back at, uh, athletes and I was running 22 minutes for the 5k. And so, you know, that's decent. Um, but I had plateaued and I was midlife crisis looking for something different and, uh, stumbled upon this group that had just started in Raleigh called, actually it started in Charlotte, but it just moved to Raleigh, uh, called F3, which stands for fitness, fellowship and faith. And they were doing it was a men's group. It was free early morning boot camps, and it sparked something in me. It was pretty cool. So, started doing that. And then, uh, the next summer, um, we were looking to expand what F3 was doing and I started a track workout. Uh, so we started doing structured track intervals, uh, based on, based loosely on what, you know, Daniel's running formula says, mm -hmm. and, uh, we're having fun with like this purposeful, uh, running thing. And, uh, that really, um, pushed a lot. And so I'd been a runner, kind of dabbling with things but then when i started doing real speed work i, I figured out that i liked it a lot right um and so some of the guys that were running with me signed up for this event and we called it seesop you know completely stupid and utterly pointless they signed up for this <laughs> event to go out and do the blue ridge relay mm -hmm. um and they came back with just these awesome stories mm. um and it i was intrigued when they told me they were signing up but i was going to yosemite for a week-long backpack trip like the like three weeks beforehand. And so I was like, I, I can't take another weekend away from the family. And, and so I didn't go. And when they came back with all these stories, I was like, all right, I'm in next year. So mm -hmm. 2014 was my first Blue Ridge Relay. And it was, it was pretty cool. Right on. Very good. Very good. Uh, uh, getting back to that thing that you just said. So you started kind of doing more workouts and you started running hard. And that's actually when you sort of found a love for it. What was yeah. it that you sort of fell in love with? Was it the, was it the pain or was it the, the fact that you got faster? Um, um, what, what was it you really liked about it? You think that you uncovered when you started doing speed work? It was, it was getting faster. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, uh, you know, the focus on running easy when you run easy and then running hard when you run hard and then seeing results and mm -hmm. seeing things progress. Um, but almost as much as, uh, almost as important as I was doing it with a group of guys and everybody was getting faster. Right we were all improving. And so that was, that was pretty cool. And, you know, like you said, I, I did some, uh, I did some half marathons. I did some half Ironmans and, and that continued to build that volume. And it, it just, it got to be a point where I loved just getting out of the morning and doing it. Right um, and so that was cool. Very cool. Very cool. So 
they all come back in 2013 telling the great stories about this relay they had done. You said, I got to be a part of that in 2014. Uh, yep. So 2014, you were on a, an F3 team, I guess, and there's still a lot of F3 teams there now, right? Yeah, yeah. I would probably say it's it's more than probably almost as many as a half of the teams out there oh, wow. at, at the Blue Ridge Relay are F3 teams from mm -hmm. Charlotte and um, from Raleigh, from Greensboro, from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a Charleston team. So they're from all over. Right uh, I think there's an Atlanta team as well that comes up there. Right so. on, right on. So F3 itself has actually grown as well, it sounds like. It's, it's, yeah, it really has. Yeah, very good, very good. So so you did the, the 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 Blue Ridge Relay there in 2014 with that F3 team. Was it a 12-person team, or, or what was it? <laughs> well, that's funny that you ask. It started off as a 12-person <laughs> team, which is what is the maximum of what most of the teams end up doing. Mm -hmm. And we had a guy uh, develop a stress fracture in, like, mid-August. Okay. And so in his shin and he was just, he was out. Mm -hmm. So we last minute decided to be an 11 man team. Okay. Uh, the cool thing is, is he still came along and was our driver. Cool. Uh, and so that was, that was pretty helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was one of the three that volunteered to run four legs instead of the regular three. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that, you know, it was fun. I, I'd run a bunch that year because I did Raleigh 70.3 and I felt good about things, but mm -hmm. man, um, preparing for three and then running a fourth leg was mm -hmm was pretty tough yeah yeah it beat you up but yeah but so so okay so there's two things in there that i want to talk about first of all you just said he was our driver and so maybe we should kind of like circle back a little bit and talk about how the blue ridge relay actually works so it starts in grayson highland state park in virginia at an right. elevation of 4920 feet uh, and it's right there at the virginia north carolina line um, and then it runs and finishes 200 miles later in Asheville, North Carolina. And all along the way, if you're not one of the people running, you're in a van following, right? Basically, yeah. Okay. Um, but the thing is, is you're not following directly behind the runners. You're like leapfrogging forward to the next exchange zone. And, and so and you got that whole dynamic of, of the vans moving along the course and people getting ready and, and, and changing all that sort of stuff. So. Right on, right on. And so, so, so in addition to, you know, the running, there's kind of this living in a van with a bunch of other people for you know, <laughs> 24 to 30 hours as well, um, which is, right. which is part of the challenge, I imagine, but also part of the allure, right? So when you, when, you, right. when you have 12 people, you don't put all 12 people in a van, right? No, no. Most people will put six in a van. Okay. Um, it, it seems like between all the stuff that you bring and just having some room to spread out, most people are renting these big, you know, 15 passenger vans and putting six, six runners in each van. Mm -hmm. Uh, that way too, one van goes forward a couple of, a couple of segments and they can rest for a while, mm -hmm. uh, while the other van is trying to catch up right on. unless, unless you're doing a six man team and you put everybody in the same van and you drive all night. Right, George. Right on, right on. As, <laughs> as you and I both know. So that segues into the other question that I was going to ask. So, so you were preparing for three, you did four that's in 2014. Mm -hmm. Now, we can fast forward to 2018 when you and I were on the team together and we both did six. So, so, That's right. so how did you go from four being a whole lot in 2014 to six being what you did in 2018? Did you do it all those other years, 15, 16, 17? Yeah, so, so yeah, this, um, I've done it every year since 14. Uh, 15, we did a 12-man team again, same group of guys. Um, did the stress fracture guy get to run? Uh, he did and oh, cool. he did and he, he loved it. Good. Um, and then 16, we actually did a nine man team. Hmm. Um, basically the same group of guys, a couple of guys backed out. And so hmm. we decided we wanted a more challenge. So I think I did 24 miles, 
uh, with that nine man team across four segments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2017 went back to a 12 man team. Uh, some of the guys, you know, it's not for everybody. You need to do some volume to, to in order to, to do four segments. And some guys mm-hmm. are like, look, I just, I'm happy with three segments, but I don't want to do four. So we went back to a 12 man team and had a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took on one of the longer legs because I've, I've found that I enjoy just the, the length of the suffering, the time and mm-hmm. the, the distance. And so I did 25 miles that, that year and that was good. But mm-hmm. in the back of my mind, I wanted to do something different. And, mm-hmm. you know, after doing the, the 70.3s and being used to suffering for hours on end and, um, and just running in general and continuing to add more volume to my year, it made sense to think about something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so come 2018, you said, all right, let's, let's try and do a six-man team. Now, we should be clear, too, it's 36 stages or 36 legs. And so right. you have, um, if you, you, can, you can have 12 people, obviously, that's three. You have nine people, that's four. You have six people, that's six times you're going to have to run. Um, that's right. And if you're competing with nine, you're actually competing in the 12-person category. Um, that's right. Yeah, there's the, the ultra category, which is six or less, and then then there's seven and more. Right. So there's right. The, right. Yeah. So so you said, all right. So we want to move into a whole new category and do six. Talk about yep. kind of that process and that thought process, and then of course the process of actually building the team, which I ultimately was on. So so it was interesting. I, I think I was looking back in in January of 2016. I first hatched the idea. Hmm. Uh, you know, our friend Brett uh, is an ultra runner and and um, he and I have kept up uh, since Georgia Tech a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I threw out the idea to him. Hey, we should we should do this. This mm-hmm. be an epic adventure, and mm-hmm. and I think we could actually do a six man team. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was all in, and then talked to Eric and talked to you, and so then it became a thing of logistics of how do we actually get everybody together. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had that core group of four. Mm-hmm. Um, as early as January 16. And then we added in a couple other guys and, and made it work, but mm-hmm. it's registration for the race opens in December. The race is in September. Mm-hmm. Um, you really need to decide by January if you're going to do it or not, and then commit to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was really trying to figure out one, can I do it with a group of good friends mm-hmm. that I haven't seen in a long time Two, Can we have that big epic adventure of really pushing ourselves and challenging ourselves and mm-hmm. having fun doing it together? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then in, in 2016, we ended up not actually doing it, right? Because I didn't. Right. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we just couldn't quite pull it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we started talking about that. We, we we looked at 2017, but we just couldn't pull it together. And so 2018 was the first year we we did it as a group of six. Right on, right on. So, so yeah, so it took a little while for us all to kind of say, all right, we're committed to it and our schedules are good and all that sort of thing. I mean, you know, because we, we all have families and everything else, right? So, yep, that's right. Um, and, and then I remember in 2017, because like you said, you have to kind of commit to it in January. There were yep. six of us that committed to it in January of 2007 or 2018. So when That's we were right. going to be doing it for the first time in September 2018. How many of us were injured at the time that we said, okay, we commit to it? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Um, yeah, I remember you were in a boot. Yeah. Um, Eric was uh, not in a boot, but he was not running. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think three of the six of us were injured mm-hmm. at the time. Andy was, was talking about recovering from an injury. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that was kind of... Um, <laughs> Uh, scary and brave at the same time to be thinking about. All right, we're injured, but we'll be fine soon. Yeah, we'll be fine come September. Just, just, just count on me. We'll be good by then. 
Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And we were. We were fine. I mean, we weren't fine, but but we but we, we held it together enough by the time we got there. All right, so 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 2018, you end up doing it on the Ultra Team. I'm part of that Ultra Team. Um, yep. and, and what would you say were some of the big changes that took place, both for you as a runner and just sort of logistically speaking, uh, from the times you had done it on a 12-person team to doing it in a, a six-person team? Well, you know, kind of, you know, part of the logistics is just the van and the hotel and doing all that together. And that, that works out pretty well. I I think I've got that down to a system now. Mm -hmm. Um, but from a training perspective, Mm -hmm. you, you've got to train so much more for a six man team because you've got so much more volume that you're going to run on. We were running 32, I think 42 miles, Mm -hmm. uh, depending upon the segments that you had. Mm -hmm. So you really gotta, you gotta ramp up the training. Um, but you're also you're just on this razor's edge mm-hmm. where anybody could get hurt at any point and mm-hmm. anything could get in the way, family issues, all sorts of stuff. And so it's kind of nerve wracking there. But um, but, you know, the logistics go into a six man team. Now you you get to the point where you don't have any rest during the middle of the race. You're just going, going, going. You right. with a with a 12 man team. You have three segments and they're typically like eight, eight hours apart. Right. So you, you run, you're in the van for a while and then you sit off the side of the road and, and you can take a three hour nap if you wanted to go have lunch, uh, go have lunch um, and have time to digest that lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, for the six man team, you know, it's it's run, recover, hydrate, eat rest, repeat. And then and, and right. you just keep going because it's every three, three and a half hours. You're back out on the road running again. And that. Um, that's a, a whole different story. Um, thinking about how do you manage that hydration? How do you manage your nutrition? How do you eat something that you can keep down? And then after eating that for 18 or 20 hours, how do you figure out what, what you're going to change your eating to? What, you know, do you want more, more pretzels and more salt or do you want more figs and dates and fruits and, and bananas? You know, where, how's that going to play out? Cause that's, uh, you just don't know how your body's going to react. And, and I, I, I think that you can't really, train for that you can't test for that because it's it's 18 20 you know 24 hours in your body's gonna do something completely different than what you expected yeah i agree and i think that that you fold into all that just the lack of sleep um and so so by the by the time by the time you get to that that fifth or sixth leg now you've been awake for 24 hours um and so in addition to the fact that your body is like you know that, that you're dehydrated and you've been eating you know easily digestible foods and all that sort of thing for a day, um, you, you, you actually have hardly slept at all as well. And I, I, I really mm-hmm. think that, that that not only is mentally difficult, obviously, but I think that it, it, it folds in a, a physical element that that is also pretty difficult too, particularly given mm-hmm. how hard some of those last few legs are, right? Yeah. I remember last year in 2018 when I was on leg 30, which was my fifth of six legs, I was looking down at my, and it was a four and a half mile leg. It was fairly flat. It should be straightforward, but it was at like 7 a.m. on Saturday. We've been going since 9 a.m. on Friday morning. Right. And my heart rate was just right at the top of my aerobic zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can go more. And my heart rate never moved. Yeah. And my legs didn't move any faster. I'm like, <laughs> come on, you can go more. And it's just like, nope, yeah. I'm just staying right there. That's all the throttle you've got. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was interesting for me. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it, it is interesting to kind of look at your data there uh, in the tail end, particularly like you said, heart rate data, because your heart rate data really kind of stays pinned, um, and and you can feel as if you're going as hard as you can possibly go. 
Like there, there is nothing, and you're breathing hard, and and you're bent over at the finish line like you would be in a 5K, but but your heart rate is 20 beats lower than it would be in a 5K. Right. Because yep. your heart's like, I'm out. I'm done. Yep. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, and 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 again, I think that's in part because of the accumulated mileage, um, but I think it's also in part because because your heart has continued to beat um, while you were in your your rest intervals too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. tired from from 24 hours of of being awake without a reset. Um, right. And that's hard. And that's hard. Uh, so with that in mind, um, how did your, did you change your training or how did you change your training um, for when, you, when you went from three or four legs to six? So I think the, the main thing was added substantial volume. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the guys that I've run with in Raleigh, I've told them over time through the Blue Ridge Relay that you have to have at least, um, at least in weekly volume what you're going to do in the race day. Mm-hmm. And so when you're on a 12 man team, most of the, most of the segments are 12 to 15 or 18 miles over the course of the entire, entire race. And right. so you can get away with running 20 miles a week, 25 miles a week and come to the race fresh and hit it and, and go, um, with running on six man team where you've got to have 35 legs and it's over six intervals. I mean, you've, you've got to run a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, both workups, I was at 40, 45 miles a week, which I've never done before, um, these past two years. Mm-hmm. And that really changed things. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of easy running, but a lot of, you know, running six and seven days a week where I was running four days a week before, mm-hmm. um, just to try to get the, the trial of miles, as you've said, right. Mm-hmm. It, just pushing it and adding to it. Um, but that's made me a better runner, but that mm-hmm. was, that was key. Uh, we always do hill intervals, both uphills and downhills. Mm-hmm. Speed work always helps, but mm-hmm. but really, it's that volume that changes things substantially. Yeah, yeah. And for me, and it's it's like as I've thought about it too, and and as I, I I've had various issues that have prevented me from really like honing into my training as specifically as I wanted to for it each of the last two years. But but particularly after I did it the first time with you in 2018 getting ready for it in 2019 I was like okay I want to I want to give my volume a boost but I'm going to boost it via frequency rather than duration smart um, yeah such that that I want to I want to run more often um and and boost my mileage that way by running more often uh, because yeah. that that more closely mimics the demands of the race um you know I, I ended up doing a couple of pretty long legs but the longest leg of any of them in all of the Blue Ridge relays 10 and a half miles and most mm-hmm. of them are like I mean you can tell me most of them are like five to seven right Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so, I think I I had one that was greater than six miles this year. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it's not like you need to be prepared for a whole lot of long runs. You just need to be prepared for a whole lot of runs. Runs. Yeah. <laughs> that, exactly. That, that ultimately total up to a lot. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, I, 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 for various reasons, I haven't quite been able to do that, but, um, yeah. One of the things that I've done in years past that I didn't do this year was, um, doing a back to back to back. So mm-hmm. like run Tuesday morning speed work and then run, Tuesday night and then followed up with a Wednesday morning run right on just so that, you know, train the legs of, okay, I got to get back out and go again. And it's, right. you know, you're not setting world speed records on those, those, um, training runs, but you're just building that ability to recover. Uh, I didn't do that this year because we had Peyton's 10 by five K, which mm-hmm. gave me a lot, gave us a lot of experience and back to back we did yeah. last year. So the, my body's gotten a lot more used to that back to back now. Right on, right so. on. Um, okay, so so we talked about the, the the different legs, and like I said, most of them are like five to seven, and and uh, the longest one is ten and a half. But um, 
talk a little bit about some of the actual stages and some of the legs. So, so at this point, there are 36 total legs. You've done it yep. 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. You've done it six times now? That's right. Okay, you've done it six times now on twice on a six-person team, once on a nine-person team, three times on a 12-person team. Have you done all 36 legs at this point? <laughs> no, uh, okay. no, that'd be a, it's a great goal. But uh, I think I've I counted, I've got 20 of the 36 that I've checked right. off. That's pretty good. Um, so that's pretty good. So I've done several of them multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, several of them I've done three times, in fact, just because of how you know, kind of one of the rules is that you have to stay in runner order. Mm-hmm. And so where you start determines which legs that you get. You can't just run them whenever you feel like it. You have right. to run them in order. Right. Um, and, so, and the Blue Ridge Relay is different from like the Ragnar Relay in that regard. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Ragnar relays. You can kind of set up your team, and you have you have whatever the number of people is, and you can sort of run in the order that you want to run. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, the Blue Ridge relay, according to the rules, you have to run a one, two, three, four, five, six. You have to run one has to always pass off to two, two always has to pass off to three, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So then, you know, but the legs, you know, the cool thing is, is that it's the course is basically the same every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the legs are basically the same every year. Occasionally, uh, an exchange zone might change location because of construction or because the owner of the parking lot or the church or the school or wherever we're parking all these vans has said, no, I can't do it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Ken, the, the race director, has has kept it pretty stable year after year. So these legs become legendary. I mean, I, I drive on them and I'm like, Oh yeah, here comes this right. hill. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the, a new runner might be on and you're like, Oh, they don't know what they're about <laughs> to get themselves into. But, um, but yeah. So, and then they all have these ratings. Um, so they start from like, well, I had one was two, 2.3 miles and was considered easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's easy, there's medium, hard, very hard. And there's the, what, what we would say in the tour, the HC stages, right? The right. mountain goat hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two legendary, uh, legs that are mountain goat hard. One mm-hmm. is a, basically a six mile climb straight up a, a mountain. And the other, um, is a, a shorter, what, five and a half mile one, but it goes straight up a mountain and then comes straight back down where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, 15 degree or 15% grade up at the top. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty, pretty brutal. So, mm-hmm. um, but the, yeah, the 10 and a half mile up to grandfather mountain is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's several of them run on the blue Ridge parkway, which makes for interesting because they don't let the vans on the blue Ridge parkway. So you're mm-hmm. really out there by yourself, mm-hmm. but great overlooks and great views. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and those are right around, you know, the end of the day, Friday. So near sunset, so you're getting these panoramic views over the blue Ridge mountains. And it's really, really cool mm-hmm. to see as you're suffering. <laughs> right on. Well, you know, it's interesting. So you talk about the panoramic views and stuff. On the website, when I was doing a little bit of reading of the background of the race, they said that they started the race back in 2005. And so that would make this one that would just finish the 15th race. Um, mm-hmm. But they started it back in 2005 with only 10 teams. Um, and their their whole reason behind starting it was that they wanted to... to um, show the the beauty of western north carolina they wanted to show off the the picturesque views and the panoramic views and all that sort of thing so you know mission accomplished in that regard i would say right yeah yeah and, and you know there's parts of too where it's not even really a panoramic view but you like come through this valley at at sunrise mm-hmm. and and you see the fog coming off the, the the river that's flowing through and you've got these um just little hills and and the farmland and it's just beautiful it's it's a great showcase of western north carolina um and then running into Asheville and seeing that area it's really really neat right on right on very cool very cool um so 
what and and, and I want to hear about a few other things first, but but this just kind of seems to segue well. When you're thinking about, so you've done 20 out of 36 legs. Mm-hmm. You and I, and actually all six people on our team have have actually re-upped for next year, which is exciting. that's right, that's yeah, right, yeah, that's pretty cool. Stuff. Yeah, and it, and it is pretty cool. I think it, it's like a lot of sort of big epic things that, that you get done and you're like, okay, I want to do that again. <laughs> and, and I want to do it differently and I want to try it again. And I, I'm, But, but kind of like what you just suggested, you've done it you know, the, six times and you've still only done 20 out of the 36 legs. And so there's there's still a lot more. So, so when you're thinking about next year and when we're talking about next year and all that sort of thing, so you'll have six legs to run next year. What is it that you're like looking forward to, to doing next year? What is it going to try and, and, and make happen next year? Yeah, so you know, there's two sets. Uh, if I look at a six-man team, there's there's two sets that I have. I'm missing five of the six mm-hmm. legs. Okay. Um, so I'm definitely focusing on one of those. I think right. I'm going to focus on the, number two for next year. Mm-hmm. Which the coolest part of that is that leg 32, I think it is, which is a 9.3 mile, 15k run, mm-hmm. where eight miles of it is is downhill. Yeah. Isn't that right? Was it like pretty, two? Much, pretty much all of it's down. I did it last year. Yeah, pretty much all of it's down. <laughs> we got that last little stretch in the sun, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like two thousand feet of elevation drop over a over a fifteen k. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate running downhill, mm-hmm. um, but I'm looking forward to preparing for and 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 doing that because I think it'll be um, something to write home about, right? right. Um, especially right. at the end of a of the race. So I'm pretty excited about that and, and seeing how I can how I can do for that. Right on. Yeah. So, so that, that part that you're talking about doing next year, that second leg, um, or runner number two, I guess it would be called. So in the ultra division where you have six runners, that means they do two, eight, 14, 20, 26, and 32. Uh, that's right. And, and that's actually what, what you assigned to me last year when I was brand new and I didn't really know what I was getting into and all that sort of thing. So, <laughs> so, so I ended up doing the, the downhill 15 K at the very end of, of, of that last year. And, um, I told several people that one of my big takeaways from 2018 and the Blue Ridge Parkway was, or the Blue Ridge Relay was definitely a big part of this, is that I have a newfound appreciation for how much downhill running can beat you up. Um, mm-hmm. That that I I always have been like, oh well, people complain about how the New York City Marathon has the downhills on the bridges, and the first half of Boston is downhill, and it's going to beat you up so much. And, oh, and I was like, it's downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's easier. So yeah, yeah, you can just go faster. And and no, I definitely. I definitely have a newfound appreciation for how much uh, downhills can beat you up as I was struggling to run downhill on that last 15K, which I suppose you'll be doing next year. You'll see, bud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll be running fast. You'll be running hard, but it hurts. So Yeah, yeah I, I can guarantee you it won't be as fast as you ran it that day, though. Yeah, we'll that, was, uh, we'll that was a good run. We'll see. Well, so um, with this in mind, so so what kind of what kind of tips would you have for other people who are looking to do this race, or, or even other similar relays? I mean, there, there's there's like the Smoky Mountains relay. I mentioned Ragnar relays, all that sort of thing. But uh, so people who are looking into doing like the Blue Ridge relay or something like that, you've done it six times now, both from a logistical and from a training point of view. What sort of things would you suggest? Well, you know, I think one thing is that um, the race itself is about fellowship and community. I mean, if you're going to spend some time with, with a relay team, whether it's a six man or a 12 man team, it, it's 12 person team. It, it's really good to be together. Mm-hmm. You have the community of running together in training and, but then also spending 28 hours in a van together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the time afterwards, I, I think that makes for a great experience and it gives you that reason 
to be there, right? It's mm-hmm. it's more than just the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing is when you're running, most of the time you're out there running by yourself. You know, there's mm-hmm. 2,000 people participating in this race, but you're yeah. running by yourself. Yeah. Um, so having that bigger reason, that bigger why is, is pretty key. Mm-hmm. Um, but training, I'll go back to, to what I said earlier. Volume is key. You got to have some, some good volume. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you practice hills, whether it's hill repeats or finding a long hill to run up and down. Um, you got to have some hills, and I would focus on the up and the down because there's plenty of downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? It's like 17,000 feet of ascent and 19,000 feet of descent over yeah. the course of the of the 200 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, those back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and as you as you said with other things, practicing hydration, practicing recovery, thinking about how is it that I can work through it. Um, you know, from a logistics perspective. You know, make sure you have enough um, sets of clothes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the little things like, you know, take your take your running clothes and put them in a Ziploc bag by outfit so that when you get done with a run and you change, you can put them in that Ziploc outfit, Ziploc bag and hide it so that it doesn't smell because mm-hmm. it's going to the van gets pretty, pretty, pretty rough. We were laughing. Yeah, we were laughing about entropy in the van mm-hmm. um, during the course of it because stuff just gets everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you don't if you don't try to contain things, uh, it can be rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and those clothes get pretty toxic with all that sweat. So, absolutely. So, some people on our team have suggested that that most of the entropy is my fault, um, which I will push back against. <laughs> 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 I don't think that I'm the worst one, but well, I might be actually be the worst one. But but I won't take credit for all the entropy. But but no. There you go. But 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 I agree with you that I mean, if you have six people in a van and everybody's just like, oh, I'm done with the run, and you just th- sort of throw your clothes everywhere. Um, yeah, that, the, that amount of clothing piles up and that amount of sweat piles up and it, and it can be hot. I mean, the, the, I want to say last mm-hmm. year was hotter than this year. Um, yeah. but, but I mean, we were definitely sweating in the middle of the day and using ice and everything else like that. Um, yeah, so, I think so. last year the, the high was like 85 on Friday afternoon <laughs> this year. It was, it, it may have not been 80, but it was 79 if it wasn't 80. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was pretty warm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was cool overnight, which was mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Um, the other thing from a logistics perspective is, uh, I've, you know, you know me, I love a spreadsheet, right? Um, <laughs> every engineer loves a spreadsheet, but I've got a, a spreadsheet that I adapted from somebody else that helps with planning when runners are going to come into the exchange zone. Mm-hmm. And most of the time that works pretty well, right, George? It does. Uh, so, that, so that the runner is, <laughs> is at the, at the start line when you're fin- when your guy's finished. Um, but sometimes we have, uh, we have little, little issues. So, um, every, but yeah, now, it, every now and then somebody might be out warming up and they've miscalculated the time and they might find themselves still a quarter mile down the road warming up and everybody's calling their names and looking for them and they're late to the exchange zone. That that could potentially happen, that, even if things are happen. very well planned and spreadsheeted out and everything. It right, right. Not that it's, it's important to anybody on our team, certainly not to me. No, certainly not. <laughs> and certainly but, not that, that, that anybody would never let me live it down or anything, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Not that we're mentioning it anytime soon. Right, right, you know, right. But, but you bring up a great point that I think people, that I didn't think about ahead of time, and I certainly didn't think about when I was on a 12-man team, was the whole concept of warming up before every leg and mm-hmm. cooling down after every leg. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's only, you know, a quarter to a half mile, you know, a few minutes, mm-hmm. but just getting the legs moving again yeah. helps out. I remember on one of the legs this year, I went out for my warm up and I thought, there's no way. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't move. 
Um, I, I just I feel awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was better to feel awful for that half mile of warm up exactly. than for the first half mile on the leg because once I got on the leg, things things loosened up and right. and and I was good. Um, but that's something that you taught me last year that's that I've tried to implement as much as I can is that warm up and cool down. Yeah, and and the only reason why I got that is because I've had so many runs where where I do feel that way during the first quarter mile of the run. You know, mm-hmm. and so so you know, running six times in a row over the course of twenty four hours, I knew that that if I wasn't spinning things out just a little bit for you know, again, like you said, only five minutes or so, if I wasn't right. spinning things out a little bit, like in a in a warm up, I was going to have to be spend the first half mile to to a mile when I'm when you know, it actually counts when they're actually timing us, uh, trying mm-hmm. to to spin things out and trying to find my legs a little bit. So so yeah, I mean, well, yeah, any time yeah. I saved, I might have lost actually by missing that relay handoff in the middle of the night, but. <laughs> <laughs> Or not. Yeah, right. But, and you know, another thing um, I, w- I was thinking about is the fact that you and I, we actually did seven legs this year yeah. um, instead of six. And so, again, advice for anybody who's thinking about doing a relay is you are on, you know, anybody can get injured, injured at any time. And so you do have to plan for contingencies. And so uh, we had um, one of our runners uh, get hurt during the summer and, and couldn't get the volume in that he needed. And, and, um, and so ended up stopping early, uh, in our race. Um, and we were able to pick up and, and do that, but it's, uh, you, anytime you get into one of these relay events where you have multiple people, there's just more and more risk that something right. is going to happen. And every captain I've talked to has dealt with logistics issues like that, mm-hmm. um, either, you know, building up to the race or during the race. Um, and, and so it's important to be able to respond to those as well problem solving right right on yeah absolutely um you know and, and it's funny i the, so thinking about like tips for the race and all that sort of thing i i in 2018 i did this largely downhill le, le, uh, set not just leg but assignment like runner two has more mm-hmm. downhill over the course of that entire relay uh and it caps off with the massive downhill where you literally have like one uphill mile and then or one uphill foot one foot of right, elevation right. gain and then nine yeah. miles of downhill um, yep. and so, so, um, that's sort of like the, the, the capstone of that mostly downhill leg that beat me up so much last year. But, but I remember I wrote to all of y'all last year and I was like, all right, thinking about next year, I want to do some of this epic stuff. I want to do one of those big mountain goat hard ones that you all had talked about that I'd seen all of y'all, uh, you know, wrestling with and all that sort of thing. And I, how'd I, that work out for you? George? Yeah. I was going to say, I got my wish. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful oh, what yeah. you wish for, because I ended up getting, yeah, some of that mountain goat, one of those mountain goat hard stages that I got the, the hard six and a half miles that literally just goes right up the side of a mountain. Um, and then I also got I picked up an extra leg, such that I ended up doing 47 race miles throughout the course of, of the Blue Ridge Relay. Um, and uh, and, and I, didn't, I didn't stay on top of my hydration, um, and, and yeah. that ended up wrecking me. Yeah. And I'll have, to, I'll have to say, George, um, seeing you at the end of leg 31, I mean, you couldn't speak. Yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, it was you. You definitely dug deep on the well, and I was. Uh, I was in shock seeing you come across the line. Um, that that torn up by that 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 segment. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it 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 was frankly the as hard as I've ever worked. And then I had to come back three hours later and do one more segment. Pretty good. <laughs> so so yeah. Unfortunately, thirty one was my segment last one. The saving grace of thirty six is that that for one thing it was mostly on the Blue Ridge Parkway, which was cool. It's the Blue Ridge Relay, yeah. and I got to be a lot on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, and then I actually got to cross the finish line of the whole relay, which was cool. Uh, 
that was um, pretty cool. That was cool. So 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 there was there was a little bit of an award for it there, and, and it felt mm-hmm. less lonely than some of like the middle of the night ones. Um, like you said, there's 200 teams in the race. There's you know 2,000 runners in the race, but you really spend a lot of time by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. Good. And spending time by yourself at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. and uh, out in the country uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, running up hills and and trying to avoid dogs and yeah everything else so so yeah very cool very cool um i i think too and you kind of alluded to this and i just wanted to articulate a little bit more more explicitly um talking about it as as sort of a fellowship opportunity um you know it's funny and and i feel a lot closer to all of y'all having now done this with all Mm -hmm. of you it's it's like you know it's the psychological principle whose name i can't remember that that if if you have two people and then they go through something hard together they're they're gonna be closer on the other side of it yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I, I do feel much closer to all of y'all having gone through these, you know, difficult, but also this, just spent this amount of time together. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's fun. And the, the inside jokes that develop and everything else throughout the course of that. Um, and I think that's so important. I think it would be harder with a 12 person team because trying to, to pull together 12 people that can cohesively get to get, to get along like that, it seems like that would be difficult. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. With a 12-person team, you end up having two separate vans mm-hmm. of six, and they see each other for 10 or 15 minutes every mm-hmm. six segments when they're swap, swapping over. Yeah. But really, they're traveling by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, with a nine-person team, sometimes you see four and five, mm-hmm. or I've seen some crazy rotations where you have three sets of three, and they're constantly rotating in and out with oh, each geez. other and able to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets pretty complicated pretty quickly, but um, mm-hmm. but it is all tied back to that fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing is, is we've all known each other since the nineties. So, um, and we had that shared experience of, of, of college together. So we picked up pretty well, mm-hmm. um, from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree. We have all grown closer together because of these experiences and that community aspect of it. Right on, right on, which I appreciate, which I appreciate. All right. So you told us what's next for you. Blue Ridge relay wise, you know, no, no plans to slow down here in terms of, uh, <laughs> so yeah, next year will be year number seven and you'll try and get five additional legs. So you'll be up to 25 out of 36 legs next year. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like you said, it's kind of, it's kind of a cool goal to say that ultimately I want to do all 36 legs in this race. I mean, is that something you think you'll ultimately do? I'd love to, it'll be tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I can do five this year or five in 2020. I could do five in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how the logistics will work out to get the yeah. others because they're all spread out across everything. Right. right. Um, there will be some point where it'll be tough. Um, it'll be to easier to get to, get to 30 ones. than it will be to get to 36. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So we'll see. Uh, I haven't, as much as I love a spreadsheet, I haven't figured out what the <laughs> algorithm will be to, to get to 36. Um, so, so, but yeah, that'll, that'll definitely be a marker for every year is having the Blue Ridge relay and, and mm. trying to figure out, what to fit around that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's good. It keeps my training going in the summer, which is hard to do with all the heat. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm here in Raleigh and it's hot here like it is in Atlanta and it, it, it's tough to train, right uh, in that heat. Um, but I got some other, other things on the, on the docket. I, um, I've been shooting for sub 20 on a 5k. I've never done that before. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about trying to do that. I did it on a track this, this spring. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to consolidate that with a, a road 5k right uh, over the winter. Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do Peyton's uh, 10 by 5K again. So that's right. a cool race in Charleston, mm-hmm. mid-March. So that'll mm-hmm. be fun. And uh, might try to make another another run at a BQ. Um, right. I ran a BQ marathon in 2017. 
and but I didn't make the cut, right? I was mm. two and a half minutes under, and I think it was it was three minute, three and a half minutes or so mm. um, was the was the cut that year. So mm. need to do that again. Uh, it's going to get tougher and tougher, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think I figured out I have to run probably six and a half minutes faster uh, the next time I run than mm. I ran um, two years ago. So that's okay. that'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a couple other races, we'll, we'll figure out what's going on, but I. I've got this just new, I don't know if it's new, but a, a great appreciation for running. And, and, uh, you know, you and Eric both have helped me to, um, add volume and have really enjoyed just having the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, this year was the first year I ever ran, uh, I think over 45 miles in a week. And I've mm-hmm. run several, several weeks like that. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, just being able to get it out, get out there and do it and, and have that, that time is, is fantastic. So I want to keep that going. Right on, um, right on. And I think I remember I, see, I saw an email from you like a like a week or two ago that said that you hit 1,000 miles for the year, and it's the it's the earliest in the year you've ever hit 1,000 miles. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, so that was pretty cool, and um, I, you know I'm in a good spot, happy with that. I've had you know a few setbacks in the past. Something we didn't talk about was that uh, one year in the Blue Ridge Relay, um, I actually got a concussion I in a running race. Yeah, right? tell us that actually. Uh, tell us that story. So, real quick. Now, so that, now, that, now that we've encouraged everybody to do the Blue Ridge Relay, now tell us why nobody should. <laughs> yeah, tell us the horror story. So it was funny. It was, uh, it was leg twenty-eight. It was, I guess, it was my third leg of the of the event, and I was. It was an eight miler. Has a long, steady one mile hill at the end of it, and um, I was. I you know it's funny you you keep track of when people catch you or if you catch somebody, and this one guy caught me, and we ran together for a while. And I said, you know, I'm just going to leave him. And so I pulled away and was able to pull away from him and surge up that last mile hill. Mm-hmm. And I was hitting my my target pace for the whole run. And so I was just excited. And I'm come. I crest this hill, and it's a it's a four lane highway that they were under. It was under construction, mm-hmm. and there was this 90 degree left hand turn into a parking lot where the exchange zone was. So I come flying down the road, and I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm done for the for the whole relay. So I kick. And uh, I'm kicking hard, and I stepped in some mud, and I didn't even think about it. And I made that left-hand turn, and my feet just came right out from underneath me. Oof. And there were probably you know 50 or 60 people up in the parking lot, all waiting for runners to come in. My whole half of my team was up there, mm-hmm. and they saw it in slow motion. My feet came out from underneath me, and I bounced off the pavement, oh. and um, hit one one temple, and then bounced over and hit the other temple, oh. and uh, and I was out. I, I, I will say, though, that um, I, I stopped my watch um, so that the Garmin was set. Um, but I was I blacked out for like 45 minutes. Okay. And um, they ended up, um, you know, there was a, a doctor there and he, he did some triage and, and examined me and they called the ambulance. And my one of my teammates went with me to the to the hospital. And uh, about 45 minutes later, I kind of came to. He said, you know, you just told me that story for the third time, Lee. And that was like the snap. And I was like, oh, OK, I'm good. Um, but you know, concussion, uh, out of work for, I, I worked half days for, for a week. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and you know, that should have told me to stay away from the Blue Ridge Relay, but that was, uh, I think that was 2015 or 2016. And, um, I've, uh, yeah, it was 2015 and I've mm-hmm. done it, you know, four years since. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of hooked. That's um, right. So that's probably the most severe injury that I've heard of from the Blue Ridge Relay, from all my friends who have done it as well. Because there's still a big group from Raleigh that goes out to do, to do the race. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's something. 
Didn't so. you say? Didn't you say that you met a guy somewhere along the last couple of years, and and you kind of halfway mentioned that, and he says, "Oh, you're that guy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard yeah, about the, you. <laughs> the next year, I was in that same exchange zone, and I was standing in line for the porta potties, and somebody somebody got out of their van in the parking lot and they're like oh i remember this exchange zone last year this guy came flying around the corner and bounced off the pavement <laughs> so, yeah that was me and they're like no way you're that guy so uh it was um it was pretty pretty crazy so right on. um fortunately my wife is pretty cool they they called her and said he's okay um she's like i'm sure he's fine just you know um, make sure you bring him home safe. So, uh, so it was good. And she's, she's encouraged me to continue running cause she sees how much I love doing this stuff. So very cool. Very good. Very good. All right. Last question. Same question we ask everybody, Lee Rags there. What's your <laughs> workout? So I got two. Um, I've been thinking about this. One <laughs> is, um, when we started doing those track workouts, um, a couple of years ago, my favorite workout there was doing a pyramid, doing like four by 200, two yeah. by 400, 800, then two by 400, then four by 200. Mm-hmm. Now that I've kind of learned a little bit more, we were doing them all, we do them as repeats, right? All at our, at, at mile pace. And mm-hmm. so Daniels would say that the 800 was too long for it to do at the, mm-hmm. at the mile pace, but right. we loved it and we did it. Um, so that, that's a, a fun workout to do. And I'll, I'll go back to that one every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love hill repeats and I don't know what it is about hills, mm-hmm. Um, but doing hill repeats, I, I just love going back up and down the hills. And so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll vary it where there are, you know, we've got a couple of quarter mile hills. And so you can do like, you know, one minute and then two minutes and then four minutes up yeah. the hill to, to get a, a, a really good, um, push and a good workout. So, mm-hmm. uh, those are my two favorite workouts. Right on. Good choices. As a matter of fact, I, I, I like those ladder type workouts. Um, I was telling, I was talking to somebody I was running with this morning, doing a workout with this morning, as a matter of fact, about how much I actually like putting different paces and different intensity levels into a single workout. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do the 200s at mile pace, you do the 400s at 3K pace, you do the 800 at 5K pace, something like that, and then kind of come back down. Oh, that's good too, yeah. Um, I I really like doing stuff like that. And I've actually gotten to where even when I do mile repeats, I like to do, like if I'm on a quarter mile hill, I'll do the quarter and then I'll come back down and then I'll do like like a short one. And so so I'll do Mm -hmm. like, like, like a 100 uh, up yep. the hill and then do a short one. So, so do a short one and a long one, a short one and a long one and stuff like that. And it's the same sort of thing, like varying the intensity and varying the pace. It's just you're doing it as part of hills as well. So, yep, yep. Uh, very cool, very cool. Well, Lee Ragsdale, teammate and old friend, Blue Ridge <laughs> Relay veteran, good luck in getting those last 16 legs and uh, uh, we appreciate your coming here on the Most Pleasant Exhausting Podcast. Oh, George, thanks for having me. It's been uh, it's been fun. I've enjoyed running with you and, and enjoyed listening to the podcast. Uh, thanks, buddy. So uh, look forward to seeing you out there soon. I look forward right. to it too. Thanks. That'll do it for another edition of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITO Coaching Performance, by Blue Pineapple Travel, and by SlayRx. If you want to reach out to me, you can always find me, George, at itlcoaching.com. If you want to reach out to Patrick, it's Patrick at itlcoaching.com. Or you can send us a podcast email at pleasantpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Pleasant Podcast, and we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast. If you want to find ITL Coaching and Performance, they're at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash itlcoachingandperformance. If you want to find Blue Pineapple Travel for all your travel needs, facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel.com. 
bluepineappletravel.com and instagram.com slash bluepineappletravel. See all the incredible places where folks are traveling thanks to Blue Pineapple Travel. And, of course, our newest sponsor, SlayRx. You can find them at SlayRx.com, at Facebook.com slash SlayRx, or on Instagram at Instagram.com, here for, the number four, here for SlayRx. Don't forget the discount code as well, Pleasant2019. That'll get you 10% off anything at their website. On behalf of Patrick Ollinger, this is George Darden. Thanks again for joining us on the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. See you next time.